I was, uh, I have to just uh, be open about this, Aaron. I was so, you know, excited after that and just relieved and kind of was looking at all the stuff on Twitter and reacting and, and having my own opinions after that game that at some point I'm like, oh, dang, I, uh, I haven't, I didn't jump on the, I haven't jumped into the uh, postgame news conference with with Scott <laughs> and so I I quickly I thought, oh gosh and I jumped on the link and it I quickly discovered I was the only one attending the the postgame news conference I believe I was a little bit late Stephen so I usually on all road games especially when they do it via zoom I always represent the station and jump on there and I might ask a question or two or may observe most times i do go ahead and get involved and last night i just think the the way that thing ended the overtime nature of it the excitement i just didn't i just kind of sat there and reveled in the the win i sent some several text messages out and um and then it was i was a little late getting to the post game so aaron anything you come across in the post game it will be somewhat new to my ears since I wasn't on there last night. I just wanted to be, make that admission to start the show today. Aaron, how how is um, how's everybody at the station doing as we get as we get ready to hit get hit by another winter blast? I'm monitoring things. I've seen some freezing rain. I I, I thought I thought it was interesting today. I was just kind of doing some comparisons. At one point today, in Waco, it was. Like on my weather apps, it was, uh, and I look at uh, weather bug is something I use. My family will tell you I've, I've really been into the weather bug. I, I talk about it too much. People, I used to think, why do older people talk about the weather so much? And then I got older and realized it's just, it's at a certain age, it's what you really obsess about in life. What's the weather doing? What's it, what's it supposed to do tonight? What's it doing in the morning? What, what, what time is it going to be? What, what's it going to be at noon? Like we, and of course, these apps play into that, knowing that we're all, once you get over, if you start sneaking up on 50, that's when you really start taking an active interest in weather. So today, I like to check all the places kind of across Texas. Okay, what's it doing in Waco at this very moment? Well, it was like 66 degrees. I said, well, I wonder what it's doing in Dallas. Aaron, at the exact same time it was 66 degrees in Waco, it was 42 degrees in Dallas. You know, I, I kind of over the years, since I'm from the Dallas area uh, originally, but then uh, spent a lot of my life in the Waco area, I just kind of in my mind think we all have the same weather. And it's just not the truth. I mean, 100 miles can can be a big difference. So at some point, I made this point to Tom Barfield because Tom likes to talk about the weather as well. And Tom said, oh, oh, it's hitting. It's hitting now. I can feel it. Tom was out giving me reports as he kind of made his way across central Texas that the weather, the, the, the temperatures were starting to drop. Aaron, do you find yourself, are you fascinated with the weather? And do you think most of our audience, would you say 70% of our audience is also fascinated by the weather, or is that too high a number? No, I think that's probably about right. I don't think that I'm fascinated by it. I just look and see if it's the temperature's warm enough for me to walk. If not, Mm -hmm. then I just kind of 
you know, dress a little heavier and go about my yeah. day. Now, of course, when we we've get winter storm warnings and things like that, then obviously, you know, I'm checking it a lot more. Aaron, I mean, I somebody's got to be at the station to run things tomorrow. Now, don't I? Here's what I think is going to happen tomorrow. I think it's going to. I think it may be some that freezing rain might not get going until later in the afternoon or early evening. And Aaron, I who's your? We need to figure out our favorite. We have Curtis Quillen. We love all our local news folks. You know, Matt and Chris and Jack and Curtis and Nikki and Darby and. I like that guy at 44. He's kind of new on the scene in in my mind. I just I haven't gotten to know him yet, but I kind of like that guy. He's got a lot of got a lot of energy. He's always showing up at the news conferences. He'll bark some things out. I like that guy. I like people that show up at news conferences and get involved. I really like that. I like young people who um, now you don't want to put on a show. You don't want to do it just for show. I have seen some young people uh, in the media that that are kind of like almost um, what you would call grandstanding. You don't want to do that, but all our local news people do a great job. They really do. They show up and they do their thing. Uh, in fact, I saw a, a photo. I also like our local photographers. Rod, the famous photographer from the Waco Trib, he had one recently that I really liked. I meant to, I wanted to praise him publicly. I think it was the, the, um, the youngster on the Baylor baseball team, Nevin. Aaron, you know that name, Nevin? In fact, um, I guess it was Phil Nevin who played for the Rangers at some point. Maybe used to, may may have played for the Padres. Well, Nevin is a young man on the Baylor baseball team, and Rod caught some unbelievable shot of Nevin going up against the wall to rob a Maryland player of a home run the other day. I thought that was a great photo, and I always like to single out our local folks when they have a good photo. Rod also, apparently, Aaron throws a good Super Bowl party, according to John Warner, and that's a list we need to get on. Right? I do not. I am not on Rod's annual Super Bowl uh, invitation list. So anybody that knows Rod, if you could reach out, sort of on behalf of of uh, of, uh, of, of of for Aaron and and and, and me, that would be uh, that'd be great. That'd be great. We'd love to come to Rod's uh, Super Bowl party. Aaron, is that cool? Would you like to attend that with me? Sure. Okay, good, good, Aaron. Seems... I don't know. Yeah. Oh, some Aaron's... of those trib guys, you know, Bryce. Eh. Yeah. Do you really want to spend three hours? Did you ever see those guys <laughs> show up at the at the pool halls like late no. at night? Bryce and Warner, and Jerry Hill, no. some of those longtime Waco trib guys. They never did. They never showed up at clicks no. for like some late night pool. Put the family down for the evening and then went out. <laughs> I like to imagine that Warner is like a local pool shark. That maybe he had, maybe he sh- he kind of has his own pool stick. Aaron, did you have your own pool stick or pool cue or whatever we call it? Did you uh, did, did that you took home with you? Did you have like three or four different ones that you used? Yeah, I have a, I have a two one. I have a the stick that I shoot with and a brake stick. Ooh, the brake stick. I like the brake stick. And do do uh, do you carry them in a special case? Does it look like a gun case? Or is it a thinner type case? Like, what do you? No, mine's I, I, uh, mine's relatively thin. I mean, you can tell it's a pool case. It's got a strap. I can carry it on my back. Golly, that's what they say when Aaron shows up. They're like, Aaron's packing. Aaron's packing, but they mean he's just got his brake stick. <laughs> Aaron, can you? Is the is is braking in in pool? Is is there an art to it? You you feel like you could maybe help me with that because my brake skills have always been very lacking. 
do you where are you aiming for on the break? Do you have to hit that first ball in, at the uh, in the pyramid? Is that like a rule? Do you, do you, you I mean you fire it right at that? Is that correct? In nine ball, yes. In eight ball, you can hit the actually hit the second ball. But I would be the last person you would want to take breaking tips from. My break is terrible. Oh, you're not a good breaker. No, and I've worked well, on it and worked on it, and it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 okay now, but it's not very good considering how long I've been playing. Did you ever have a, any background in bumper pool? I maybe played twice. I didn't like it. Okay. I had access to a bumper pool table as a kid. Uh, one of my one of my best friends had a bumper. The Terrys had a bumper pool, but I, I feel like it just collected jackets. I don't feel like the bumper pool table was was used very much. It's the same thing. Some of these um, places you get your hair cut now, they put a pool table in. Like, hey guys, we'll hang out and play pool. You know, while you're waiting to get your hair cut. Invariably, that's where all the product ends up. Nobody ever shoots pool in there. It, it's um, yeah, yeah. They try to do that at a place called uh, Floyd's. Floyd's 44 Barbershop or something. And it was just, it was really a place just for loud music and uh, pictures of people with tattoos. All right. It is the, uh, speaking of that, um, it's Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas. Nice deal. In fact, I was on with, visiting with one of my college buddies last night as we were watching the game, and they did something on a Kenjo's body art or tattoos. And those were always interesting. You know, they, 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 some people use their tattoos to really tell a story of where they come from. Akinjo, like a lot of people from the Oakland area, very, very proud of where he comes from. And, um, and so some interesting little feature on the tattoo, uh, the tattoos. At that time, Aaron, I'll just say, I was not really as interested in James Akinjo's tattoos as I was his shooting percentage, which he had started the game Oh for seven. So I'm like, golly, what's up, James? Can we get this thing going a little bit? And then, as only Akinjo can, hits a big bucket late. And then in, I mean, he hit his first two buckets of the game, I think, in overtime. For, I'm talking about field goals. I think he'd had two points maybe at the free throw line. James is just one of those interesting guys who he'll have a game. I mean, if he has, if he's going the wrong way, it stays the wrong way. He's had an 0 for 11 shooting deal. He has 0 for 7. But he is extremely confident. And last night, even though Flagler had had a monstrous game, had 29 points, has range that never ends. I, I feel like he'd been watching Steph Curry in the All-Star game. His range was anywhere in the gym last night. And on the most important shot of the game at overtime – Akinjo gets the ball over on the right side, and he backs up to sort of create a little room. And you're like, uh-oh, here it comes, here it comes. I, I used to, I remember Davion Mitchell doing that. I remember Jared Butler doing that. He backs up his man, Walker, and I knew Walker was in a bad way. On the other side, Flo was trying to set a pick for Flagler. Here's the kind of teammate Adam Flagler was. Adam Flagler sees that his man has a good uh, uh, ISO, and, and he's got a good situation, so he turns down the screen from Big Flow. And he kind of, and, and Ice Likely, uh, who's a pretty good defender for OSU, is, is basically hugging him. Well, what he did, Flagler, even though you'd say, well, Flagler should be taking the shot. Flagler takes himself out of the play. But when I say that, he took 
the best defensive player for Oklahoma State out of the play, too. And he turned down the screen and then let Akinjo. And again, other players who were that hot and who were that great as Flagler would have been, I mean, Luca, I'm talking about other players in the NBA, college, they're going and getting that ball. They're like, give me the, the basketball. I, I, I give us the best chance to win. And in that moment, I thought Flagler was really unselfish and just said, you know what, I think, I think I'm good over here where I am. I think Akinjo can get this thing done. Gives him the dribble. Gives him a, like a kind of a jab step like he's going to drive. Walker falls back in the lane. And as you heard J-Mo describe, 18-footer, pure. I mean, it, it was so, it's just so great. You know, that's what's funny, Aaron. Isn't it, doesn't sometimes basketball look uncomplicated? I mean, there were stretches of that game. You're thinking, oh, man, you know, Kendall would go dribbling in there. One time, as much as I love Sohan, he gets called for a charge because he's out of control, and he runs over a guy in the lane. I mean, that was some ugly basketball for stretches of that game. Bears did a great job taking charges. Akinjo took a couple of charges. Sohan took charges. I mean, they were getting in great position and letting Oklahoma State run over them. There was bad offense. There was good defense. There was a lot going on. But the Bears found a way, and they win that game in overtime. Aaron, we were going we to enjoy that, set, that, that game against Kansas Saturday night, no matter what, college game day. But... Th- Do you agree with me? Don't you think it would have felt a tad bit hollow, the lead-up of that game, if they'd lost that game in overtime to Oklahoma State? I mean, maybe it would have been fine. Maybe by the end of the week we would have been all excited again. But I just have a completely different feeling about this Kansas game uh, with the win over Oklahoma State than I would have if they had lost that game. And it would have been easy for them to lose that game. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I would have felt the same way, and that's not a knock on the team. You know, they were playing their third game in six days. They they already have a, sh- you know, a short roster because of injuries. Um, they're playing on the road against a good team. Every team in the Big 12, you know, is good, some better than others, but there's no, there's no nights off. I know that sounds cliche. So, yeah, I think it would have taken some of the luster off of Saturday's game for me, as like you said, for a few days, and then once it got closer, you know, the excitement would have started to build. But it is, uh, it is a lot better feeling with them getting the win last night before they play Kansas on Saturday. Well, and um, it just would have been losing that game to Oklahoma State. I one thing that surprises me. Oh, and then and then we could talk about this. We've got uh, Kevin Lockwood coming up next, and he wrote a really interesting piece about what the 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 uh, football season, the his way too early, and he went game by game. We'll talk with him about that. But Aaron, what a strange ending to regulation that game was last night. I felt like the only person in the building. Now the Baylor people, I think, knew, but I I think the reason everybody was so confused. The ESPN did not have the shot clock on our screens. If you're watching that game at home last night, there was no shot clock on on that final deal. So the this ball is... goes in, and, and that light went on. I mean, it was. I think it was very confusing to the people in the arena. But the funny thing is, that weird, crazy shot that likely threw up 
he was the he was the first one to admit there's no way that counts. He didn't celebrate. It was a weird, crazy shot that he threw up that goes in and in the whole crowd and even the play by play guy reacted like, wait a second, did Oklahoma State just win this game? Aaron, did you have a moment of like disbelief or did you feel pretty comfortable in that moment that that was way after the 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 horn oh no i i thought the game was over i thought i was like oh man that's a that's a heartbreaking way to lose for about a full minute we talked about it on john's show but and there's actually some disagreement about what was called um because john and i agree with him said that it was called that he was out of bounds because there was only 0.2 seconds between the play clock and the shot clock, whereas all the news stories are reporting that it was a shot clock violation, but they put 0.7 seconds back on the clock, which if they did was a mistake if it was a shot clock violation because there wasn't that much difference between the shot clock and the game clock. There was only 0.2 seconds. That's why John and Pat and me uh, all, thought, all think that he was called out of bounds. Ooh, I never thought that. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought it was. But every just every a, news article I've read, and Tom yeah. even texted me when we were talking about it, said that no, it was a shot clock violation. So, yeah, well, you saw the shot clock in the building, the replay, go off before he released that ball, and that's why I felt okay about it. But again, the view the viewing public was left in the dark a little bit because we we thought the shot clock had already been turned off. Well, it turns out there was thirty one point something seconds left. At the start of that possession. All right, we can continue this discussion. That's interesting. I know I, 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 to this moment, have thought it was a, just a flat-out shot clock violation. I thought that's what everybody thought. So very interesting that uh, Pat and John thought that because they were right there on the, the sideline and had a great view of it. All right, it is the uh, Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Our, our uh, expert from Rivals, Kevin Longquist, joins us next. Scott Brew and the national champion Baylor Bears here on ESPN Central Texas. The Bears back home in the Farrell Center Saturday for a matchup with the Kansas Jayhawks. 6.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 7 p.m. tip-off Saturday for Baylor and KU. The home of the defending Big 12 and national champion Baylor Bears. ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with lows dropping to 35 degrees. Tomorrow, a winter weather advisory kicks in. And matter of fact, it runs through Thursday as we'll see uh, pockets of rain, freezing rain and freezing drizzle, not only tomorrow, but Thursday as well, with high temperatures in the mid to lower 30s. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. 53. Fourth District Judge Susan Kelly here. Over a year ago, I survived a rigorous application process in which I competed against other serious qualified candidates. After a thorough vetting, Governor Greg Abbott appointed me to the 54th and now endorses me because I apply the rule of law and deliver justice for all. A conservative Republican, I have managed and moved the docket this past year, ensuring that every accused receives justice and, if convicted, receives swift and proper punishment. Early voting has started. Please vote and keep Judge Kelly. Political ad paid for by Susan Kelly from a Clinton County Judge campaign. John Morris here telling you all about my friends at Marineland Boating Center, home of Crest Pontoon Boats and Yamaha Outboards. 
They have boats in stock for immediate delivery. Enjoy days of fishing and family boating fun from Crest Pontoons, powered by Yamaha Outboard Motors. Only at Marineland Boating Center, I-35 at Loop 340 South, or on the web at MarinelandWacoYamaha.com. Tom Ward and Garrett, weekdays 7 to 9 on ESPN Central Texas. Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays, a stadium roaring with bare spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in members, or your next private event, call 254-710-8080. Since opening their doors in 1925, Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home has been honored to serve families like yours by providing a range of funeral services. Whether it's a traditional funeral, a graveside service, memorial service, or cremation, they believe every life deserves to be honored in a way that brings peace to families. Five generations of the Wilkerson Hatch Bailey Funeral Home family have helped tens of thousands of Central Texans Celebrate the lives of loved ones. Learn more at whbfamily.com. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. The decisions made in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas legislature, and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans across the county. They, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com. Political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Michigan men's basketball coach Juwan Howard has been suspended five games for the remainder of the season and fined $40,000 for hitting the Wisconsin assistant coach. After threatening to boycott the NFL Combine, the NFL has changed the COVID protocols for the Combine in Indianapolis coming early next week. Number 10 Baylor beat Oklahoma State last night in overtime 66-64. TCU beat West Virginia 77-67. In the Big 12 tonight, Oklahoma at number nine, Texas Tech, and Kansas State at number five, Kansas. Baylor softball at UTA today, six o'clock first pitch, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Baylor baseball also in action today, hosting Houston Baptist at Baylor Ballpark, first pitch at 6.30, and you can catch that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. 
Show just catching up on whatever Rivals has today. And what is Kevin Longquist from Rivals? What has he put out there today that, that might interest folks? And the, the, the answer is quite a bit. The man's always out there putting up some interesting things. And, um, and, and today, the latest thing that I came across, and Kevin joins us now. Uh, Kevin, how are you? And have you, uh, you're a man that likes to go to bed on time. Does, you're not like me. You don't like to stay up all night, and um, it, but but that that was some late night Baylor basketball, and then you got some free basketball with the OT. Kevin, I think they may look back on that one and think of that as one of the uh, the grittiest, best wins of the basketball season. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. By the way, I really had to fight to uh, drink a lot of coffee to stay up and finish that one last night. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, I, yeah, it was a tremendous effort for them because of the fact that, you know, for the seventh time in the last eight games, they haven't had L.J. Cryer, so they're kind of used to that, uh, Matt. And, of course, Adam Flagler, who missed TCU on Saturday, uh, delivers uh, career-time performance. Of course, we know that they haven't had Jonathan Chamo Chachua obviously since he went down uh, with the torn ACL and other ligaments against Texas. So, you know, they've been shuffling this lineup basically for the last couple of weeks, really essentially, if you want to go back to it, going back to when Akinjo went down with the uh, tailbone injury against tech uh, a month ago. And so Scott Drew has had to really kind of just balance everything to try and get everything moving in the right direction here. And, you know, last night, the fact that they found a way to get this thing into overtime and they found a way to win it, especially on the defensive end with a Flagler taking two charges and then a Kinjo with his only two made baskets in the overtime, including the dagger with 13 seconds to go, really is a tribute to how well this team still plays. It's a team that I think you can say that the sum is better than the parts. And by that, I mean, they all just play for each other and they have that will to win. And when you have that kind of factor following what they did last year, winning the national title, that matters. It does, <clears throat> and I keep thinking that perhaps those freshmen are just going to – I mean, you, you see glimpses of what they can be at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do things that make you think, my gosh, you could run some of this offense through them. Last night, from an offensive standpoint, they needed Flagler to be great. A lot of times, you're mm-hmm. right, they kind of divide it up and, and, and play – you know, everybody has you know five different guys will be in double figures. Last night, they needed a star to show up. And Flagler right. did, and and his range is not only NBA range, but kind of like I mean, Butler developed the ability to shoot from really deep. I think Davion had that ability. Uh, Maceo, obviously, I mean, it um, it it's something that Baylor's had more and more of. And I think if if you could get Cryer back, I just don't know. I I'm kind of like you. I kind of have gotten to the point where if if he's there. That'd be awesome, but at this point, I I, I just don't know. I I mean, it, it seems well, like almost a uh, some kind of wishful thinking to think that he's going to magically appear and be able to play through you know throughout the NCAA tournament. 
Well, there's two things to factor on, LJ, and I'm sure this is probably not going to be very popular uh, with the Baylor masses, much less Scott Drew and his staff if they're listening to this, um, is do they are, are they getting to the point where they have to make a call on Cryer uh, for the season and do they attempt to shut him down? Because this foot thing hasn't gotten, you know, this started with the game at Alabama that he missed unexpectedly that caught everybody off guard. And it's been a game-to-game thing where he hasn't been available. And even when he came back last week against Tech, he was limited to 15 minutes. So if they don't shut him down and they think that he can play through it, but you're still going to be on this game-to-game thing, now we're getting into a conditioning standpoint where, you know, do you go, well, how much can you really get from him? And what can you really expect? Because if you're only going to get 15 to maybe 20 minutes per game from him, if that's the high point what kind of productivity can you get from him from a scoring standpoint and all the other elements and that's and he's got a conditioning thing that he's going to be dealing with too as well I mean can he even stand to even let's just say that he were to come back full throttle could he go 25 minutes I doubt it even if he was completely three completely healthy or through the foot injury which you know basketball players and foot injuries are never a good mix but it's just something that they're going to have, either going to have to just find a way to get this out for the end of the season, or perhaps they are getting to that fork in the road where saying, do we just have to shut him down because this isn't really getting any better? Yeah, I, uh, I, I mentioned the same scenario, and, and you know I should point out that neither of us have been told anything uh, along those lines that they're thinking about doing that, but uh, I think it makes some sense what uh, – what you are uh what you are, are saying talking to kevin longquist from rivals and uh, a lot to to get into today by the way did you um last night i i gotta say i i never i was kind of like ice likely the kid who threw that ball up and the ball went in it's like <laughs> the whole crowd thought they won it the one guy in the building who was de- who was certain that he didn't win the game on that crazy circus shot that he did he was just basically throwing up there for fun was likely. And I got to yeah. say, I was the same way. I'm like, that's not, that doesn't count. I immediately no, didn't think it counted. But, I mean, that whole crowd, and I just think there was something about the replay, the way it showed the shot going up, and then, the, of course, the game ending. ESPN did not have the shot clock on on that last yes. possession. That's, there was a lot yes, of weirdness that. that went into that final play. Well, I think when the shot, when Baylor missed the shot and, and Oklahoma State got the rebound, that they turned the shot clock off because they were running very close to each other. And whoever made the call in the, in the production truck to turn it off made the presumption that they were running in sync with each other, which of course they weren't. And, you know, obviously to your point, while that shot was fun, that's the second time I've seen that this year where someone behind the basket did that. I think somebody from Michigan State did that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, you know, it was pretty clear that he got the shot off well late, and, and then the replays showed that the ball was still in his hand when the when the uh, when the uh, the light went off and the horn sounded. But fun play to watch. Just fortunate yeah. for Baylor that it was well after the fact. And you know, it's a gritty performance for them. By the way, this is one of the weirdest stats uh, for Baylor in their history with Oklahoma State because they've dominated this series lately. They've won seven straight at Gallagher Iba up there in Stillwater Mountain. I've never seen anything like that before with maybe with the exception of maybe Kansas doing it to Kansas state for X number of years or something like that. But that's just phenomenal to own somebody 
in their building like Baylor has over Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah, especially that used to be an extremely tough place to play. I was, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sort of when glad. It was smaller before they expanded it. I guess that's it, because I think that's a, another reason why Baylor is smart to go smaller, to, to look what's mm-hmm. happened with Oklahoma State in a small market, uh, big state school, the, the the atmosphere is not the same. And if you looked up top, mm-hmm. those those uh, top deck, there was nobody up there. And honestly, the crowd mm-hmm. didn't seem that great. I mean, I know they got right. into it at the end and all that kind of stuff, but that did not seem like a great crowd at all. I, I more more and more right now, I got to say, KU and Tech are separating themselves from the crowd. I mean, the Jayhawks sure. and Texas Tech, and there's really, I mean, maybe I'm missing somebody. There's just not anybody close right now. I mean, I well, think the I Bears, think... it'll be great. Ferrell Center will be a great atmosphere Saturday night. I do think that. But, you know, as far as game in, game out, I don't think anybody's challenging uh, uh, Kansas and Tech right now. No, I mean, I mean, Texas would have to have a lot of things fall its way in order to try and get back into the race, which – Looking pretty doubtful. What are they down by? Like three, three, three in the loss column to KU with time running out. Remember, Kansas has one more game than everybody else because it has to make up a game with TCU that it lost to COVID earlier this year. So they're back to back with the Horn Frogs essentially. And you know, the, the thing about this race for the Bears is it, it would be great if they could find a way to not only win because if they win, they're likely going to be just one game back because. Kansas is playing Kansas State at the Fog this week. I think it's tonight, actually. Um, and and one of those other things about that is, you know, you can fight for it and get into it. The only thing I worry about with the Bears is the fact that, you know, they've still got to go on the road for one more. Uh, and, I kind of, you know, they got to go to Austin. That's a quick turnaround from Kansas Saturday night, too. So they're going to be le- less than 48 hours, you know, a short trip. But, I mean, it's, it's a turn, short turnaround from uh, playing KU to playing in Austin and you know, obviously the last game in the Irwin center. That's the last game in the Irwin center. Yeah. Right. Not, not that it's really mattered for tech for Texas because they've kind of fallen flat on their face in games that matter with the exception of Kansas a couple weeks ago. But having said that, I think that I'm sure that they're going to be saying that we've, we've certainly got some Owen to do against Baylor after the way this series has gone against them. And I'm like, well, that's fine, but uh, prove it on the court. Yeah, well, listen, Kevin, we uh, Kelly, we got into all this other stuff, which I wanted to talk basketball with you. I did want to tell people about this article you have uh, on uh, on rivals, and of course, uh, uh, this is Sikkim Sports. This is the uh, Kevin wrote the way too early 2022 football predictions, and I guess Kevin reserved. Was the I had him at zero twelve. Oh gosh, way. no, man! Kevin is not—he <laughs> is not happy with this. What Baylor's going to put forth? No, you were—you were somewhat optimistic. Now again, we want people. I read this thing and I got excited about talking about it. But as you reminded me, hey, we got to have people that uh, paying customers. I would just recommend that you sign up for this because I really like the sort of game by game nature of this. Um, I thought it was interesting. I'm just going to pick a one or. <clears throat> One or two of these out because I don't I don't want to give okay. away the whole thing. You obviously think the Bears are going to be back in contention for uh, another Big Twelve title. Okay, I don't think I'm giving too much away to say that, and I think that's uh, I think that's I think that's great news. Now, one of the one of the swing games, so to speak. I'm looking at this schedule, and 
I find it fascinating. Um, like, for instance, you got to go to Oklahoma. We think Oklahoma and Texas are going to stay till the end of their time. We also know Oklahoma has a new head coach in Brent Venables, but that, there's a lot of chaos and a lot of changes going on with that program. Right. You have that as a loss for the Bears. Now, and here, for, and here's the justification for that. And, okay. and that is because, okay, so the That's November 5th. Is that right. Okay, so we're basically going to be three months into the season, two, two plus months into the season. And Oklahoma obviously will, you would like, as programs go, like the Blue Bloods go, like, like an Ohio State or Alabama, that once they kind of go through a shock to the system and turn over their roster, they kind of find their footing by about that time of the season. And, of course, Baylor's never had a really good history up in Norman. They've only won once there, and that was in 2014. Now, for those who say he's out of his mind, why is he doing this? Because Oklahoma's in, in total chaos and that sort of thing. But I'm like, but you can't think about this game in present terms. You have to think about this game working more of under, under a presumption that rosters will kind of get settled in, rhythms will start to develop, that sort of thing, and, and then you'll start to see how these teams will perform. I kind of think it has it will have some Big 12 championship game implications to it. And, I mean, I, I just don't see where Oklahoma, despite its roster turnover and quote-unquote chaos that they're going through, which is totally – fair to say that is going to be absolutely looking at like a six and six season. I would be shocked if that happens, but you know, for, for those who don't know, I have it as a one score game. Like maybe what did I have it like a field goal or something like that. And it's a case where when, when you're talking about games that are decided by one score, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal, that's pretty much like flip a coin because it could go either way. And look, the way I look at Baylor's team this year, early on before we get started with spring ball is a couple things. It's going to depend on what their secondary looks like, how they get that replaced, especially who you're going to find as the emotional and inspirational leaders with the departures of Terrell Bernard and Jalen Petrie. Huge question for this defense coming into spring. And then the other thing is going to be on the offensive side is where do you find the quality running back that takes over the spot that Abram Smith had last year? Or do you have to go by committee? And can your younger wide receivers really step up and make plays in the passing game, which is something that Baylor's passing game lacked uh, for all of the good that Baylor did. That was one thing where the where Baylor's office, offense suffered last year was finding those guys that could stretch a defense and create separation just on itself. So those are things that this Baylor program uh, has to work on in the offseason, is working on in the offseason, and then we'll see those stories develop in spring ball and then when we get to fall camp. Okay, and, and that was a, that's a 20, and he gives the score and everything. I'll just let you know he's got the Bears losing by a field goal, and um, I was hoping you would have Oklahoma uh, up by a couple of touchdowns trying to kick a field goal to get back at uh, the Bears, but uh, you didn't you yes. didn't do that. Uh, well, the, I mean, uh, it's, I mean I, like I said, it, it's one of those things, of course, I want people to know, though, that I have them winning for the first time in Morgantown, uh, which is oh, okay. you know, on that Thursday night. I mean, I'll give away that one. So, And oh, remember, wow. that's the place. That they've always struggled up there. Um, okay. But, again, I, I, but this is a team, like I said, Matt, that's got a that's got a lot of good parts coming back. They will definitely be yeah. in contention for the Big Twelve championship. I personally think they're probably going to be the preseason favorites when the Big Twelve poll comes out in July. 
And I'm probably going to pick them there just because of what I think they've got coming back versus everybody else. Yeah. And then the other thing is I think they're going to probably be a preseason top 10 team. Well, that may be the case. I would say by then the media will have a chance to rally behind Texas and Texas will be uh, it'll be Texas and OU <laughs> right there at the top. It, Kevin, you know good what stuff, call, man. You know, you know what, Matt, you know what I call that real quickly? I'll call that the Texas media summer bromance. <laughs> That's right. Nobody does <laughs> march in April like the Texas Longhorns. All right. Uh, Thanks, Matt. Kevin, all my best. There he goes. Kevin Longquist. And uh, you can sign up for him. He's at Sikkim Sports on uh, on Twitter. And a good follow and some really interesting stuff. If you want to see what his prediction was for the Baylor season, will does he have them winning the Big 12 title? You can read and find out. All right, next it is Campus Confidential. Lots to get into today. What does Mr. Sexton have on tap? That's next. Join us live from Rudy's in Waco for our next Baylor Coaches Show. Join us March 3rd live from Rudy's and hear from softball coach Glenn Moore and men's basketball coach Scott Drew. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show from 6 to 7 p.m. live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with your host, John Morris, right here on your home for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. Our nation is in crisis, and Texans have answers. Hello, I'm Congressman Pete Sessions. As federal officials, we take an oath of office to support and defend the Constitution and the laws of this country against enemies foreign and domestic. Yet not following the laws of the country is exactly what the Biden administration and Nancy Pelosi have chosen. Democrats do have an agenda, and that is to change America as we know it today. So my goal in Congress is two things. Number one, win back the majority in Congress and build the wall to protect America. I'm Pete Sessions. Let's do just that. Let's build the wall now and save America. Political advertisement paid for by Pete Sessions for Congress. Pro Star Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. Pro Star Rental. They make work easier. Listen to ESPN Central Texas online at CentexSportsFan.com. Since 1859, Baylor Lion Foundation has been helping you make the Baylor family better as an independent voice for Baylor students, alumni, and fans. Take part in that tradition by honoring some of the best and the brightest Bears you know at this year's Hall of Fame Awards Ceremony. Join us for a night of celebration at 6 p.m. Friday, February 25th at the Baylor Club inside McLean Stadium. To see this year's honorees and purchase tickets, visit BaylorLine.com slash KRZI. Did you know the average American pays over $500 a month for their car payment? What would you do if you didn't have to make that payment for 90 days? Where else could you use $1,500? Keep your car payments at Genco. Buy new or refinance your current vehicle and have no payments for 90 days. Take advantage of our low rates and no payments for 90 days. Only at Genco. 
Subject to credit approval, membership eligibility, and low policies insured by NCUA. My money, my future, my credit union. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Hello, I am Dennis Wilson, and I want your vote for March 1st for the Texas State Representative District 13. After serving the people of Texas for 46 years in county government, it is time for me to serve you at the state level. As a Republican candidate, I will work full-time to protect and preserve our rural Christian way of life in Texas by supporting our public schools, advocating for mental health services, protecting our Second Amendment rights and the unborn, eliminating drug and human trafficking, and securing our borders. Together, we can make Texas and safe and secure again. Political ads paid for by the Dennis Wilson campaign. With tax season approaching, are you wondering how new laws could affect your financial portfolio? I'm Joe Kaleo of the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. If you're unsure about the effect tax legislation could have on your wealth, we can help you develop a plan that withstands change no matter what the season. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Michigan men's basketball coach Juwan Howard has been suspended five games for the remainder of the season and fined $40,000 for hitting the Wisconsin assistant coach. After threatening to boycott the NFL Combine, the NFL has changed the COVID protocols for the Combine in Indianapolis coming early next week. Number 10 Baylor beat Oklahoma State last night in overtime 66-64. TCU beat West Virginia 77-67. In the Big 12 tonight, Oklahoma at number nine, Texas Tech, and Kansas State at number five, Kansas. Baylor softball at UTA today, six o'clock first pitch, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Baylor baseball also in action today, hosting Houston Baptist at Baylor Ballpark, first pitch at 6.30, and you can catch that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. It is uh, Matt Mosley, and it is Campus Confidential. So much to discuss. I was uh, I was just looking at the uh, Aaron at the uh, weather bug to see what uh, first pitch was going to be. Six thirty today, I believe. Houston Baptist is in town. Bears need a win. <clears throat> Get on the Get on the right side of the ledger. My goodness, after that uh, tough opening, got, got swept by Maryland. It's now time for uh, Coach Rodriguez and his team to get this thing going in the right direction. So 6.30 this very evening. And uh, as always, our family of networks will have that one. Got a big week coming up, getting ready for, well, we call it the uh, – College game day, and they'll all be in town. Jay Billis, Seth Greenberg, LaFonzo Ellis, Reese Davis, Holly Rowe, quite a group, and they will uh, they will be joining us this weekend, and we'll all gather at the Farrell Center. It'll be a lot of fun. Remember, get out there and see the Baylor women against Kansas. The game's at 2 o'clock, and then the Bears uh, in Kansas get it on at 7 o'clock. All right, Aaron. What's on the agenda today for Campus Confidential? Ward mentioned it briefly in Sports Center, but Michigan 
Men's basketball coach Jawan Howard suspended five games the remainder of the regular season and fined $40,000 for hitting Wisconsin assistant coach Joe Krabinoft in the face after Sunday's games. The Big Ten announced today Wisconsin coach, actually late yesterday, Wisconsin coach Greg Gard was fined $10,000 but not suspended. Michigan's forwards Terrence Williams and Musa Diabati and Wisconsin guard Jacoby Neath were each suspended one game. All three appeared to throw punches. Disciplinary actions were imposed by the Big Ten in conjunction with both schools. Coach Howard did apologize. He said, quote, after taking time to reflect on all that's happened, I realize how unacceptable both my actions and words were and how they affected so many. I am truly sorry. He went on to say, lastly, I speak a lot about being a Michigan man and representing the University of Michigan with class and pride. I did not do that, nor did I set the right example in the right way for my student-athletes. I'll learn from my mistake, and this mistake will never happen again. No excuses. So. Did he, um, in that apology, he, he singled out, by the way, I think in his first apology there, he had the wrong name. It's Joe. Uh, you said the assistant coach, and I think uh, I think our buddy uh, – he called uh, him Joel. Juan yeah, called him Joel. Yeah. Did he? Did he single out Coach Guard in that apology? Did Not that say? I see. I didn't. Interesting. See, yeah, I yeah. didn't see Coach. He, he apologized to the assistant coaches and said Joe Krabidoff, yeah. but he didn't uh, mention uh, mention Coach Guard in his apology. Do that, you think in future years he'll have security around him since he's so fearful of what Coach Guard <laughs> could do to him? Um. By the way, guess who? Is longtime friends and has been around Coach Guard dating back like 30 years ago, 28 years ago. Aaron, none other than our own Nikki Collin. Nikki Collin, really? we may have to ask uh, Nikki Collin. Yeah, yeah, in fact, uh, uh, Coach Guard was at, I want to say, like Wisconsin Platteville, and, and I think Nikki was going over and working. Uh, uh, she was working camps with Bo Ryan. Remember Bo Ryan, who was at Wisconsin for a long time. Anyway, there's some connections there, so we'll ask uh, we'll ask Nikki of her thoughts on the whole handshake line and everything that goes on there, um, and uh, that'll be uh, that'll be good. Nikki's coming up, by the way. Her weekly appearance, the Nikki Collin, her weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley Show will happen at five o'clock. All right, Aaron, what else do you have for us? After one season of college athletics being allowed to pro- college athletes being allowed to profit off their name, image, and likeness, the NCAA announced that they will begin to review NIL policies. Always getting out in front of everything, aren't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. The Division One Board of Directors met virtually last Friday and agreed to task the Division One Council with a review of how NIL policies or lack thereof have affected athletes' school choice, transfer opportunities, academics, and their mental health. According to the board, the NCAA's National Office Enforcement staff have continued to investigate violations of NCAA rules, including pay-for-play and recruiting inducements. In June of last year, the Supreme Court ruled in NCAA versus Alston et Ali that the NCAA was violating antitrust laws by restricting athlete compensation. That rule prompted the NCAA to vote to allow and institute NIL policies but now the NCAA is saying that they are looking into pay-for-play and recruiting inducements Ooh. used in 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 uh, NIL you don't, NIL name image you don't and say. Yeah, you don't say. I bet, I bet I bet there's there's schools that are just quaking in their boots when they read that article. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, the only regret Oklahoma State has, the team Baylor played last night, is that they were foolish enough to cooperate with the NCAA. And the NCAA uh, has uh, basically, for things that none of this staff had anything to do with, or none of the players, they have uh, kept them out of not only the Big 12 tournament, but the, uh, the, the whole NCAA tournament. So the NCAA continuing to be a joke, although there are member schools of the NCAA, and I'm always quick to say, when the presidents and some of those folks that we really admire, like uh, Dr. Livingstone, get involved, hopefully they can have an impact. B- bottom line, though, is when it's left up to Mark Emmert, or is he Dr. Emmert? I don't know if he's in a doctorate or not. You know, nothing nothing really ever happens. Aaron, I think... Uh, I think that would be the uh, that would be the case. Yeah, right, I mean, Aaron? there's been multiple schools, multiple schools that have talked openly about creating multi-million dollar funds for NIL deals to get recruits there. That there's one school that still denies it, but there's a couple of schools, including Tennessee, that have been very open about the fact that hey, we're going to have a fund for that athletes coming in will be able to use as far as nil did name image and likeness yeah. deals so i mean i don't i don't see anything coming from this no. I, I, I don't i don't see the ncaa even being around you know, probably about 10 years from now but that's a that's i think that's probably accurate. a discussion for another day yeah yeah you know baylor people uh baptists believe that you should give your 10 percent as as tithing you know 10 percent of what you make uh, Baylor is now asking Baptist to give the next 10% to those collectives so they can make sure they, they get these, these really good uh, recruiting classes, Aaron. Speaking of recruits, Cooper Manning, the father of number one, the number one recruit in the 2023 class, Arch Manning, told 247 Sports that his son has narrowed his down his list of schools But it's not to just two, as was reported last week. Manning is now considering Florida and LSU after the programs went under, after the programs both had coaching changes this year, according to 247 Sports. That's in addition to a list that included Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Texas. The only school that Manning has visited that he is no longer considering, according to his father, is Clemson. So a lot of blue blood schools still in the running for the top recruit in the 2023 class quarterback Arch Manning the nephew of Peyton and Eli Manning I was reading something in the athletic or on the athletic website about him and it was just the the, the recruiting experts and all that kind of stuff are just drooling over this guy and part of it is just the intangibles that they feel like come from being kin to a relative of of Eli and Peyton and Archie's grandson. But part of it is just the, I mean, I think from a measurable standpoint in the way he delivers it, it is uh, almost unparalleled. There also was some different things that came out of this story that were very interesting to me about like what, recruiters, top recruiters across the country and top offensive coordinators, what they truly look at and some of the things that they're that are more important to them, it's so much more about accuracy. They don't think accuracy is something that really can be taught. 
you're either accurate or not. And and one of the people that was talked about for this, and it might have been Sonny Dykes, in fact, arm strength was not a priority. In talking about recruiting quarterbacks, arm strength was just really kind of at the lower end. And I think sometimes we think, oh, my gosh, look at look at Mahomes, look at Stafford recently, look at this unbelievable arm strength. But I think a lot of, with a lot of these players, it's more about arm talent. Now, you know, does Aaron Rodgers have great arm strength? Yes. And Aaron, I don't know if you've seen, speaking of our man Aaron Rodgers, there's a big Instagram, a big Instagram sort of, uh, I don't know what this would be, like a... Seemed like almost, a goodbye. Could be a goodbye. Could be just a note of gratitude. Also, it was a very, there's a lot of gratitude for his girlfriend over the last couple of years who he's engaged to. I think that engagement has been called off. Shailene Woodley. Aaron, have you seen any movies featuring Shailene Woodley? I have not. I've seen her at Packer games, but that's the only reason I know her. Really good actress. In fact, there's a there's a uh, a show you uh, you could find it on Netflix or something. Aaron called like Big Little Liars, I think, based on a book. And Nicole Kidman, Shailene Woodley, Reese Witherspoon, and Nicole Kidman are all involved in 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 fact in season two. Um, someone else. Uh, Meryl Streep got involved. Yeah, I had to make sure that was right. Uh, so, Aaron, give that thing a look. Shailene Woodley, very... You never saw that movie where um, George Clooney, his wife ended up in a coma in a water skiing accident, and he and his he had to take care of his kids on a, on, on a in the Hawaiian Islands. You don't no, remember that? No, I've never seen that one. Shailene Woodley played his daughter in that. Good movie. It's called The Descendants. Some good sort of Hawaiian flair music involved in that and some really good acting from both Shailene Woodley and, um, and, and George Clooney and then Matthew Lillard, who was, if you remember, Aaron, the uh, Scream movies. He was in the early Scream movies or the first Scream movie and uh, the, the horror films, and he was also one of the stars of the uh, film Scooby-Doo. If you watch the film Scooby-Doo, Matthew Lillard was in that as well. Okay, that has been your movie talk. Text us if you want more Mosley movie talk, 254-662-1660. I can tell you what Barfield will vote for there. Okay, it is time for our weekly visit with a Baylor women's basketball coach, Nikki Collin. She is next. Your home for Baylor baseball is ESPN Central Texas. A bank in any town USA treats everyone like, well, anyone. At Central National Bank, we provide Central Texans with a different kind of banking. We believe in people over processes, listening over telling, and helping our customers over helping ourselves. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. 
I'm Josh Tetons, and I'm running to be your district attorney here in McLennan County. I'm a proud graduate of both Baylor University and Baylor Law School, a dad, a husband, and a member of Glory Bell Church in Waco. You will always know where I stand on the issues. I oppose defunding the police and support law enforcement. That's why I'm proud to be endorsed by Sheriff Parnell McNamara, the Waco Police Association, and the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County. My 15 years as a criminal defense attorney have given me the experience necessary to protect and defend our cherished Constitution from the radical liberals who want to destroy it. The most important job in my life is being a father of three and a devoted husband. Just like you, I want safer streets for my kids to play on, hardened criminals to be locked up, and drugs to be taken off our streets. It's time we do better. It's time we support law enforcement. I'm Josh Tetons, candidate for McLennan County District Attorney, and I approve this message because it's time for a change. Keep up with Baylor Softball on ESPN Central Texas. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides with their two locations in Hewitt and Waco. drive through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include one meat plate with two sides for only $7.09 with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas taters on Tuesday and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. In the market for a new metal roof? Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has helped Central Texas residential and commercial customers with metal roofs that are impact, fire, and windstorm resistant and will lower your insurance considerably. Your roof will be figured correctly and they offer a wide variety of panels and colors to make sure it looks sharp. Everyone wants to protect their hard-earned assets from harsh Texas weather and a metal roof is the best way to protect your home. Pioneer Steel and Pipe with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension Providence, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. The ER at Ascension Providence Hospital is open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetProvidenceCare.com. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with case construction equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. Case equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. Sell your home in five days. The brokerage house guarantees they will sell your home in five days or less, or they will buy it for a price you agree upon prior to listing your home. They're your connection to buyers from not only around Central Texas, but also nationally. If you're going to sell your home, there's only one real estate agent you should trust, and that's Aaron Ryan at the Brokerage House Realtors. Aaron has a proven marketing system that is known to generate offers above market value and multiple offers. For more information, visit 5 sowcom That's 5 days to so.com. Your home for Baylor women's basketball is ESPN Central Texas. It is our weekly 
appearance from Nikki Collin, coach of the number five ranked Baylor women. And uh, Nikki, that is uh, it's always fun. I, I think more for fans than probably coaches and players, but to see kind of where you end up each week. Do the voters reward you? Do they do they not reward you enough? And it is uh, it's nice to see the uh, the Bears back in the top five in the country. How does um, uh, you just kind of on Mondays, do you take a small peek at that? I know your social media and everything belts that out. Uh, does that uh, does that does a coach spend any time at least uh, taking a peek at, at those numbers where, where you're ranked? No, not really. I mean, honestly, like it's um, someone someone asked the question in media yesterday if like there's more of a target on their back, our back, and I just said, you know, I feel like the target's been squarely there from the day I was hired. So, you know, whether it's the target's on our back because, you know, of of the success and the expectation here, um, whether it's um, a target's on our back because people think we're vulnerable and you know we're like this is our chance, or whether it's the targets on our back now because, you know, teams have opportunity to move up and, and, and play spoiler or improve their seed in the tournament or, you know, whatever that reason is, I, I don't think, I don't think the target changes if we're five or we're 10 or we're 15 um, because I think the name across the front of the Jersey um, has a history, you know, and, yeah. and, and there, it, it's got a respect. And so, um, you know, I just want us to play good basketball and, yeah. You know, let let the chips. You know, I, I'm sometimes more interested in where are they sending us. Like what you know, and not even from a seating perspective. It's just you know when you look at it and you you see like them say that that UConn wouldn't be in Bridgeport for some reason. I just I I just feel like the committee will find a way for UConn to be in the Bridgeport regional. Like regardless of their seed, I feel like they'll find a way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is uh, interesting when, um, I mean, it speaks to UConn's dominance. It speaks to uh, Baylor's dominance that, uh, the, you know, UConn finally loses a conference game. And you know, you'd think the world was about to end. And uh, the, the, the great thing is, I, you know, I think sometimes you need to, you know, a program needs to show that it's mortal or it, it can uh, – it can be knocked off to to then to then show, and then I think what uh, what your team has done in response to some of those early losses has been uh, rather remarkable. The, um, the it has to be fascinating, I, I think, for you. I know it is as a fan to have two of these situations now, where you go two and two games in three days against the same team, and then you go two de- um, two games in four days against a team. And TCU is one of those weird teams that it's just they may like we've talked about they're. The record, same thing with Oklahoma State to a certain extent. Record may not show it, but their pesky is all get out. Um, it uh, that it, it was that the whole thing that you had to do with these uh, with with seeing these teams. Is there any advantage to that, or is that like a is that kind of almost bothersome to a coach to to have uh, to have that happen? I saw the conferences during the pandemic last year play these like two game sets within two yep. days or whatever, which was very weird. I think conference USA did some of that what, from a coaching perspective. How has that been? You know, for, for me, I think there, there are advantages. I mean, I, I think if you're going to have a quick turnaround um, playing the same opponent, um, then you're, you're not having to put a whole new game plan in as, as a staff, you're, you're prepared for that first game. And so the key to the second game is just really studying the first game. Um, so for a preparation perspective, 
it's nice. I mean, you know, obviously um, coming from the pros, like we, we did that, you know, we played series, you know, we played yeah. Eastern conference, you know, and, and so, um, you know, it becomes a little bit of a chess match. I think that the two series were di- different in that obviously versus Texas, you have the rivalry component um, that, you know, the true natural rival where from a, even though we won the first game, I don't think our team, felt like going into the second game at Texas that, you know, it was going to give us like an edge or that we still didn't have to compete at a really high level. Um, my fear against TCU and, you know, guarding against kind of the, the letdown, the, okay, even though they played us, TCU played us incredibly well for, for almost three full quarters here at home. You know, we really didn't start to get away until the end of the third um, and where we actually broke it open early in the third at TCU, but I, I think sometimes what's left in your your mind is like, okay, we beat them by 25, therefore um, it's going to be easier. And I just don't think, you know, ironically, both series had us playing at home first and then on the road first. And I think yeah. you have to be better on the road. You just have to be 15 points better. Um, you know, fortunately for us, playing at TCU, it was almost like a home crowd um, because I'm, I'm 100% sure that we had – the bulk of the the fans there were were in green and gold um, instead of purple, um, but you know just the nature of being on the road. Like I I just think that the advantages, you know, the preparation's a little bit easier. The disadvantage just kind of comes in the mental component at times. You know, getting players to understand like that this could be a trap game. You know, really this could be a trap game if we aren't if we aren't ready to play because the one thing that team does is is still play really really hard. You know, and and Coach Peebley afterwards was like, man if it was just a 20 minute game, like, you know, they've had some really, really um, close matchups with some really good teams in this yeah. league, um, you know, and just haven't been able to put, you know, four quarters together, but, but they're going to, I mean, that, that's the thing, like in any league, I feel like that, you know, that, it, that a team in the bottom third of a league can come up and rise up and beat someone because you still look at them and say, Lauren Hurd's a fifth year senior, Michelle Barry's a fifth year senior. You have these players that, that know what it takes to win basketball games. Yeah. Uh talking to Nikki Collin, Baylor women's basketball coach, it did it did cross my mind, Nikki, that last night uh Scott uh Drew is getting a little taste of what you've seen pretty much the whole season. You know, a a, a six a six woman or maybe a seven woman uh uh, rotation. You got about two folk, two people you can bring off the bench. Scott's got Scott. The other day, Scott really had a taste of it because I think he had about six available to him. So did uh, did Scott? Has Scott asked you, hey, what do you do? What do you do with a short <laughs> bench, Nikki? <laughs> no, I mean I I think that um, <laughs> you know I, I've I've said it from the beginning. You know, certainly you don't want to be in this situation because there's always the knock on wood. You know what happens if. Um, yeah. you know, but, but I think that when you have seven players who get considerable minutes, um, everyone, everyone's ready, you know, they know they're going to get minutes. It's not yeah. four minutes, one game and 12 minutes, the next game. It's not what's the opponent look like. It's like, this, this is our rotation and we've got to figure out how to maneuver the pieces at times we you know can play Kate at the three and play three bigs. We can, um, you know, we really haven't gone small. Um, this season with four guards and a big, but we probably could in in the right situation if if we had significant foul trouble. I mean, for us, you know, as long as we stay healthy, and that's you know, I, I think that 
Um, I have no fear because I feel like we have the right, the right seven. Um, and yeah. we can, we can kind of maneuver the lineup however we need it, but I certainly wouldn't want to want to be one shorter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I, I did no, notice in, in um, kind of watching, um, observing the TCU game the other day, and it was fun to have the, the bears crowd show up in mass like they, uh, like they tend to do. But, um, I, I was looking back at some of the minutes, and it has to be nice that uh, Jade Nowens can give you, I think it was 25 minutes, and and then mm-hmm. and not not only give you the minutes. Sometimes you put players out there, and you're like, okay, not only do we need you to eat minutes, it, it'd be nice to get some production. And I, I think it's seven points, three, you know, two or three or four assists or something like that. That uh, I, I I mean, that's a player that I I just think probably you have to encourage her sometimes. Okay. Shoot the ball. Don't be afraid to shoot the ball. I don't. And um, and, and there just seems to be a, a, a confidence. Is that what you're seeing on your end as well? Yeah, and I think that's hopefully that that helps turn the page. This game is so mental. Um, yeah, it just is. It's the difference between winning close games and losing close games. Is like what's what's at the core of your belief system in that moment? You know, do you feel good in that moment? Do you feel like you're going to win? Are you trying to convince yourself? Um, that you can win or should win, like what it, it's why, you know, I think so often teams that win um, in close situations, they, they get to that situation. They're like, okay, we've been here. We've done this. We know how to finish this out. And teams that have often lost in those situations, okay, we've been here. We know what happens, you know, and yeah. you kind of convince yourself. Um, I, I think the game is that way for individuals as well. And um, I think Jaden has known her role all year. Um, what I love about Jaden is she understands that she's not the first option offensively when she's in the game, um, you know, and, and that's not a bad thing because she's always going to be surrounded by um, players who can take and make shots at the same time, you know, she's open. There's a reason she's open. And, you know, even with Caitlin Bickle, I mean, we believe she's a capable three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Her numbers do not say that <laughs> the analytics <laughs> do not say that this season, you know, and so to see her hit, a three against the zone, um, you know, and, and she took two, then that gave her the confidence to take two more that were halfway down, you know, like she, she could use one of those two for three games, you know, from three, because I think it changes the dynamic of, of, you know, what we look like because she's such a good passer, you know, but people aren't defending her, you know, I mean, we do the same thing when we, when we scout opponents, we base a lot of it off analytics. We base a lot of it out off of, their shot charts and, and where they score and where they don't. And so, you know, their chain's going to be open. You know, it's just, it's the reality of, of the, the roll of the dice that you take in scouting. Like, you know, we're not going to give Jamie a three, but we're going to give, even though she's 0 for 7 in that game, but uh-huh. we're going to give, you know, Jaden a three because we base it off of numbers. We base it off of, you know, and, and sometimes career statistics players can get in slump. Um, but I think Jaden is very capable um, you know, I, I think when she's when she's dialed in and taking care of the basketball and, you know, uh, making things happen on defense and and then just, you know, kind of can take and make some of those open shots. Um, it goes a long way towards like our bench production and being able to um, sit Sarah a little longer, sit Jordan a little longer, sit James, you know, like when you have a four guard rotation, you can play all those guys, you know, 28 minutes and still get 28 minutes off your bench. Um, you know, and, and believe me, none of those starters only want to play 28 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if I rest list five minutes, she wishes I would have rested her too. You know, I mean, it's just the nature of basketball. Like players, players want to play. 
Um, you know, but I think being able, like getting great production from Kate, getting great production from Jaden off the bench, just, just gives us a chance to be more balanced, gives us a chance knowing, hey, if we want to win a Big 12 Conference Tournament Championship, we're going to have to play three days in a row. Can we, can we at the best of our ability, you know, give rest when we can and, and, and really, you know, utilize our bench effectively? Well, you know, speaking of conference championships, y'all are, uh, you know, early in the season, it's like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And now you're, now you're on this roll, number five in the country. Um, how do you kind of uh, look at these last, you know, this last stretch of games? You got Oklahoma State, you go there. This Kansas team is very interesting. They've been hovering around top 25 forever. Have we figured out a way, by the way, to uh, just let the, I mean, I know you and I talk about the logistics of this sometimes, but if everybody's going to show up for college game day, shouldn't they be allowed to stay right there in their seats for that 2 uh, uh, o'clock game Saturday? I I think we we were (laughs) discussing some of those logistics uh, about 30 minutes ago, and it's you know, some of it's on our student activities and and all of that. But, yeah, I I think there's got to be a creative way um, to keep students – you know, around and, and not in line for men's tickets, um, you know, while our game is going on. So hopefully, hopefully we can figure something out and truly make it at least for students, uh, you know, a, a double header of, of sorts, a true double header, even though there's time in between. And, um, and Kansas is good. I mean, really, um, they, they have a, a tough stretch, obviously here, these last four yeah. games for them. Um, but I just think that, you know, there's there's no there's no sure wins. I don't I don't feel like you know I feel like we have to show up and play really good basketball at Oklahoma State. Yeah, you know, they had one two in a row and were playing really well going into their K State game, and then they they really guarded K State well. They just couldn't couldn't hit an open shot. You know, couldn't uh, miss layups in transition. Like it was just one of those games where they just couldn't put the ball in the basket. But defensively, they did what they needed to do um, to compete with K State, and so. You know, the approach for us down the stretch is we control our destiny, but we can only control it one day at a time and one game at a time. And, you know, we, we certainly have have watched what else has happened, you know, when, when other teams match up and, and, you know, what might be the best for us. But ultimately what we can control is what, what we do. We can control our attitude and our effort, our preparation going into each game. And so, you know, I think with Kansas situation, you know, it's obviously been a long time since we've played them. And, you know, they they just they're playing good basketball. They've won seven in a row, um, you know, and I, I think that when you win, we talked about this before, how mental the game is, um, you know, they've won the games they were supposed to win, you know, relative to, to where they're at. And when you win, that, that feeds confidence. And they've won close games. They won a close game against TCU. They've won won a close game against Texas Tech in their last game. Like, that's what you do when you're in that, that midst of, of winning and being in those situations. You make the plays late that you need to make to win a basketball game. And I think they've done that even twice in the last week. Yeah, and then Iowa State on the horizon after that. But I, it's uh, this is going to be a fascinating stretch to watch. I'll let you focus on Oklahoma State, Nikki, and uh, whoever are like our fan engagement person. I think that's Aaron Bean. Our student folks, um, or you know, whoever that is, I'll try to figure out some of that, okay? Because I, okay, I don't, hey, yeah, I, uh, feel, feel free to feel free to give ideas. I'm just going to be back here, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to win the next one, and and uh, yeah, so yeah, it's uh, it's and of course we can't help but look look ahead and see some of these teams that uh, 
you know, some of the matchups that could happen down the road. By the way, what a what a time for women's college basketball. I think the other day that that South Carolina game had 18,000. I think that was a sellout uh, yeah. at that arena, either 18 or 19,000. And so, you know, that kind of thing the used LSU, to be LSU had almost 14. Yeah. Um, on uh, yesterday against Florida, yesterday, day before yesterday, Sunday, some huge crowds. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, this isn't just a, a student situation. We're going to turn around in the next couple of weeks and obviously, like, um, have have the Kansas game, which is going to be great because it's an alumni game. And we've got, I know, over 50 alumni from, you know, the last three, four decades um, coming back, which will be amazing. Um, but then, then our last home game is senior day. And, you know, we, we, we definitely need this community to support, especially at spring break that week. So, you know, students are going to be hard to come by. So, you know, just this community really embracing the senior class and what they've meant to this university. And so hopefully, you know, we can build momentum, you know, these with, you know, two home games to go. Yeah, well, I saw that y'all were reaching out the alumni game. I mean, that that's that's going to be really cool. And uh, I mean, you've got so many greats over the past to to come back. I'm, I bet you're already getting really good feedback and have people lined up. But that'll be uh, that's another really exciting. And I think you're all doing a great job of uh, you know creating even you know on top of the great basketball some cool uh, things to do with each game that come with it. If if we wouldn't get like ice. You know, I, every once in a while, at this point, Nikki, I'm sure you're like me. It's like the minute you announce something like a big alumni game or whatever, you, you're like, okay, is the ice coming? <laughs> right, like, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get a wintry mix or whatever. But I think I think it should be kind of moved out by this weekend. Y'all be careful on the way to uh, Oklahoma State, obviously. But yeah, I think I don't everything. Think we're gonna have any issues getting there today. Our our, our biggest question mark is getting home, but we will yeah. definitely. We, I think we're going to beat anything um, up there and not have any issues. But it, it'll be like do we end up having to stay um, Yeah, probably the bigger part of it. The uh, I, had, I, I had to, while I had you, I had to ask about this because you have played and coached at, at, at all levels. The um, the handshake line, what we witnessed the other day with Juwan Howard, and that, that's become a huge story. And, of course, it, it, it can't just be about, hey, that was awful, and Juwan's apologized. Now it has to be a national debate over, like, should we outlaw handshake lines, which uh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. Tom Izzo has just gone off I on did. that. I watched it. I watched <laughs> it, and, you know, it was kind of one of those, can, I, can you get an amen? Because, you know, I just I just feel like, you know, we're we're trying, you know, I know they're trying to raise young men. We're trying to grow young women. Um, you know, and it's, it's part of good sportsmanship is, and I loved what he said. I loved what he said in that interview about, Hey, like I recruited that kid that I just played against and got to know his family. And I'm glad they're in the big 10. And it's sometimes your opportunity to, to kind of say that, um, to people like win or lose, like we, we have to have, um, the sportsmanship to understand that we can compete on the floor, but we can be great people off the floor and, appreciate good basketball and appreciate competition and appreciate what, what we get paid to do. And I think part of it is, is, you know, being able to um, congratulate an opponent. That's just part of it. You know, that's different. Like maybe in a series, you know, you're in a three game series in the pros, like maybe you don't congratulate them until the end of game three or the end of game yeah, five or the end of yeah. game seven. I get that. Like compete like heck, but then like, let's, let's, let's show the respect that everybody deserves in those situations. And, 
and certainly don't get me started on whether you should or shouldn't call a timeout or you should or shouldn't press at the end of a game. Um, you know, I find myself at times, like even asking the question, like, Hey, when it's time to clear my bench, I can't, I can't, you know, like <laughs> I've only got four people over there. So at some point someone's got to stay in, you know, and, um, but, but I, but I certainly try to, you know, pay respect to our opponents in those situations and um, treat people the right way. And certainly don't want to give people bulletin board material for the next time. But, but I also think we have to understand that we are competing and it's a 40 minute game. And, you know, we, we have to be willing to understand that that's what we're doing. You know, we're, we're competing, we're competing for 40 minutes. And so this idea that someone should or shouldn't do something, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, I just think we have to have respect for the game and one another and, and not read things into things that aren't there. Yeah. Yeah. Although if, if, uh, if, if, if Vic and, uh, and coach Gerlich want to, want to square off after a game it's okay just wait till after the handshake line right <laughs> right i mean I, I just i don't know i'm just like maybe i'm wired differently like i i'm incredibly competitive um but i just think there's there's right and wrong ways to handle handle yeah. yourself and and so you know and here's the irony of all that like I, and this isn't me um in that situation but i got to know greg guard when i was very young like he was at uw Platteville you know, with Bo Ryan back when I was working Bo Ryan camp, you know? And so, you know, I, I know kind of, I've known him since I was like 18 years old. So I've probably known him for, you know, almost 30 years. And, and uh, you know, I, I just think sometimes we're, we're so in a hurry to make judgments on what did or didn't happen when, you know, there's two guys that know what happened, period. Um, yeah. And we can speculate based on recall. We can speculate, um, and, and we all know two people can look at the same situation and and have to- see it through totally different lenses, and it gets confusing. Um, the reality is both of them probably should have just walked by and shook hands and kept it moving, you know. Yeah. And it's very easy later to have a conversation, you know, when when your tempers have cooled. It's why I I've even said, and I think people are shocked by this, but so often, like I don't go into the locker room after a game and address a game because sometimes the best thing to do is let the emotions of the moment. You know, watch the game film. Okay, now let's meet. Let's talk about what we had, what we didn't do well, and what got us beat, or what we have to fix. Um, and I think it's understanding that there there are emotions. It's the beauty of sports. They're high high and and low lows. You know, and the difference between us being, you know, winning eleven of our last twelve and twelve of our last twelve is one basket. You know, is one basket against Oklahoma. Jordan Lewis makes that last basket. You know, the game's totally different, and the emotions related to that are 180 degrees high high low low you know mm-hmm. and so sports yeah. are crazy but it's what makes them beautiful too it's what makes yeah. us like let, like live this way is is that we were comfortable in this space of, of having to you know live with the highs live with the lows and, and try to keep you know um keep a, a steady approach to things um kind of through those high highs and low lows yeah and who knows that the uh you know, if you win that game, do you win the next all these other games like you have? I mean, it just right. you never know how the whole know. thing plays yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it's uh, always fun to catch up with you and uh, best of luck and also good luck getting home. 
And um, but uh, you got until Saturday, okay? So you know maybe uh, <laughs> okay. you got you got some runway at, uh, at at making this happen, and then hopefully yeah, we'll all gather. And still water, still water for an extra three days. But <laughs> that's right. Uh, only only your old buddy Gottlieb would want to do something exactly, like that. No, although to yeah. Eskimo Joe's and yeah, yeah, but, yeah. That's, uh, I that's think right. we'll be all right. I think we'll get back, and we've got we've got a big alumni dinner on Friday night, so we'll make sure we're back for that. So, oh, okay. And do you know what they're serving at that yet? Um, I do not know. No, I, okay. I, I don't get into the, the nitty gritty on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's you. Stay in my lane, Matt. I got to stay that's in my right. lane to some degree. That's, that's right. I remember you skipping some kind of buffet. And it ended up being an okay thing at one of y'all's uh, trip to the islands here recently. But, right, exactly. Uh, but exactly. Yes. Well, great to great to catch up. I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck against the uh, the cowgirls. I think we still call them the cowgirls um, uh, tomorrow night. Thanks so much, Matt. You bet. And uh, there she is, Nikki Collin, with her weekly appearance on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, and coming up, Aaron Rodgers. What did his Instagram note mean? We try to read between the lines. That is next. Game time. Weekdays at 7 a.m. on ESPN Central Texas. This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a daily look inside Baylor Athletics. Now here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody. It's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up, a heart-stopping overtime win for Baylor basketball on the road in Stillwater, plus Baylor baseball back in action tonight. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Alan Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Baylor Bear Baseball tonight here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. Texas Farm Bureau Insurance has protected fellow Texans with auto, home, health, and life insurance since 1952. With more than 260,000 square miles of land and 27 million people, that's a lot to cover. Whether you're wrangling cattle or wrangling kids, we're proud to protect Texans in all Texan ways of life. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to get insurance for Texans by Texans. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. Five seconds to go. Rondell Walker, likely for three. Shot is no good. Bears win. Bears win in overtime over Oklahoma State. 66-64, the final score. What a win for the Bears on the road in Stillwater tonight. That's the way things ended last night in Stillwater in overtime, courtesy of the Baylor Sports Network from Learfield. The Bears playing shorthanded again, got a career-high tying 29 points from Adam Flagler and two big buckets and an assist from James Akinjo in overtime to win in Stillwater over the Cowboys, 66-64 the final score. After the game, we visited with Bears head coach Scott Drew. 
Oh, Coach, what a game. What a win on the road. Yep. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, uh, everybody's tired, but we said we'd stay as long as we need to to get that dub. And uh, uh, so proud of the team second half because uh, when you battle fatigue, you know, it leads to mental mistakes. It leads to some plays that you probably don't make. And then uh, it leads normally to frustration. I thought the first three medias, we were great. And then we got out of kilters a little bit, credit them. And uh, second half, we really got back to the defense. And um, good old curveball, that zone, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Threw the zone at him, and it worked. Man. Scott Drew following last night's 66-64 overtime win over Oklahoma State in Stillwater. With the win, the Bears now 23-5 on the season. They are 11-4 in Big 12 conference play. Now with some much-needed rest this week before hosting Kansas on Saturday evening in the Farrell Center. And remember ESPN's College Game Day in the Farrell Center on Saturday morning. Meanwhile, the Baylor women headed to Stillwater. They'll play the Cowgirls coming up tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, here in Gallagher-Iba Arena. Baylor baseball in action tonight, 6.30, first pitch, hosting Houston Baptist University at Baylor Ballpark. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. Flinging a green and gold worldwide on the web at SyntechSportsFan.com. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy skies tonight with lows dropping to 35 degrees. Tomorrow, a winter weather advisory kicks in. And matter of fact, it runs through Thursday as we'll see uh, pockets of rain, freezing rain and freezing drizzle. Not only tomorrow, but Thursday as well with high temperatures in the mid to lower 30s. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus, check out Fox44News.com for any changes in the weather. John Morris here telling you all about my friends at Marineland Boating Center, home of Crest Pontoon Boats and Yamaha Outboards. They have boats in stock for immediate delivery. Enjoy days of fishing and family boating fun from Crest Pontoons, powered by Yamaha Outboard Motors. Only at Marineland Boating Center, I-35 at Loop 340 South, or on the web at MarinelandWacoYamaha.com. 54th District Judge Susan Kelly here. Over a year ago, I survived a rigorous application process in which I competed against other serious qualified candidates. After a thorough vetting, Governor Greg Abbott appointed me to the 54th and now endorses me because I apply the rule of law and deliver justice for all. A conservative Republican, I have managed and moved the docket this past year, ensuring that every accused receives justice and, if convicted, receives swift and proper punishment. Early voting has started. Please vote and keep Judge Kelly. Political ad paid for by Susan Kelly from McLennan County Judge Campaign. The Big 12 Shootaround, weekdays at 5.50 on ESPN Central Texas. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com.
The decisions made in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas legislature, and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans across the county. They, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com. Political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weinch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Michigan men's basketball coach Juwan Howard has been suspended five games for the remainder of the season and fined $40,000 for hitting the Wisconsin assistant coach. After threatening to boycott the NFL Combine, the NFL has changed the COVID protocols for the Combine in Indianapolis coming early next week. Number 10 Baylor beat Oklahoma State last night in overtime 66-64. TCU beat West Virginia 77-60. In the Big 12 tonight, Oklahoma at number nine, Texas Tech, and Kansas State at number five, Kansas. Baylor softball at UTA today, six o'clock first pitch, and you can hear that game on 101.3 FM. Baylor baseball also in action today, hosting Houston Baptist at Baylor Ballpark, first pitch at 6.30, and you can catch that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Coming up in just a few minutes, we'll leave you with a couple of thoughts today. But uh, we do need to check in, as I talked about at the end of our interview with Nikki Collin. There have been a lot of apologies, <clears throat> statements being made today. I mean, Aaron, I almost thought we needed some, like, mood music or, or like, some boys to men or something with this um, Aaron Rodgers from the Packers just comes out, I guess it was last night sometime. Came out with his Instagram post, and I mean, it talked about the love of his life, Shailene Woodley. Apparently, they just broke off the engagement. How she, um, you know, both years they dated, he got two MVPs. He didn't feel like there was anything, any coincidence in that. He talked about his Friday buddies, who maybe he went out with Friday nights, Friday friends, and then some of his other friends during the week, his Packers buddies. And uh, this is, um, Aaron, did you almost get emotional reading that uh, Instagram from Aaron Rodgers? Now, some people (laughs) have thought that this meant that Aaron Rodgers might be saying goodbye to Green Bay. Others thought maybe he's retiring. What is Aaron Rodgers? He even, he put in there the quarterback room. Jordan Love, the man uh, that was drafted to replace him. I mean, by the way, Green Bay figured out how to motivate Aaron Rodgers, didn't they, Aaron? Just just draft a quarterback. He Right after they did that, he's had two MVPs. Two MVP seasons. He's the best quarterback in the NFL the last two years. All they had to do was go draft his replacement, and he's put it right on him. 
So I don't know. Aaron, last night, as you were up late, as you always are, what was your and, – and there was also a photo of him and you know standing next to the people he always stands next to, Aaron Cobb, David Bactieri, the uh, offensive tackle, and, and he was missing. He was not standing there. Now, of course, it was a game. He was out. It was probably around the time the whole COVID thing came up, COVID protocols. Can't, can't remember the whole thing, but I think that's a game or two that he missed this season, and that was when that photograph was taken. Aaron, what was your initial feeling of the Aaron Rodgers Instagram last night? Uh, you know, I mean, it seemed sincere. It it was really nice, which seemed out of character for him. He doesn't seem like a pleasant person most of the time, but, I mean, it did seem sincere. I thought it was pretty nice, you know. He, Went and thanked everybody and said how appreciative he was of everything. You know, it was, if it was sincere, which I don't have any reason to doubt that it was, it was well, pretty I think you un-Aaron have, Rodgers-like. <laughs> I think you have plenty of reason to doubt his sincerity. He's the same guy who uh, who made the statement that he'd been, what do you say, Im- Im- immunized? Uh, yeah, you know, good he point. played fa- <laughs> fast and loose with the wording there. He was asked if he was vaccinated. He said, yeah, I've been immunized. And then, of course, we didn't find out till later in the season that he was. And, again, Aaron and I don't come on here getting on to people, oh, well, you didn't get vaccinated, whatever. But we, I at least admire – I don't know if admire is the right word. I appreciate people like Cole Beasley who just come right out and say, well, here's why I'm not getting vaccinated, and here are the reasons. Now, we can say – well, Cole, those are dumb reasons. That's fine. We can have a debate on that. But Cole didn't try to hide it. Aaron Rodgers tried to hide it partly because he didn't want any any blowback from the media and everybody else. Now, he's had time to go on that show. He goes on quite a bit with uh, Pat uh, McAfee. Is that right, Aaron? Pat McAfee, the uh, former punter for the Colts. And he does a show. And Aaron Rodgers goes on that show once a week. And he hadn't been on there for a few weeks, but he was just gathering his thoughts. This is what he had to say today about whether or not he's ready to make his decision on uh, on his future in Green Bay. Yeah, let me just put this disclaimer out right away for the, the, uh, the few people watching that are tuning in. Just for a specific uh, maybe news or decision, there will be no news today. No decision on, on my future. Uh, as I was texting with you yesterday, I just got out of a 12-day Panchakarma. Uh, look that up. Uh, I know you did after we talked. Uh, <laughs> but it's a cleanse that you know originated in India. It's been going on for thousands of years. And it's something I've done in the off-season. So I'm just getting my head above above the sand now and uh, seeing what's going on out there but um but no decision about my future today so all you just do hold on that, no hold on hold on now hold on hold on fresh out of the poncho karma you had to you had to think about your decision now obviously no decision is being made and that is a hundred percent okay and by the way your life your world people are going to be mad at you for it because they were expecting it that's on them not on you but have you thought about that anymore i assume that has to be all you're thinking about or no are you trying to compartmentalize everything all i'm thinking about <laughs> uh nobody there's there's other things going on like doing Karma. all right the 
the if you're wondering where the punch of karma, it's a cleanse. It's a 12-day cleanse that he went through with his body. Aaron, did you take a peek at what all it, it included? Did you look up the cleanse, the, 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 um, the sort of day-by-day what you do in that cleanse? No. All right. There's something called ghee, G-H-E-E, or some kind of powder or whatever. You you take that constantly, and then that causes um, things to come out both ends. Okay? It causes vomit. And then there's one day of dedicated, just flat-out vomiting. All right? And then there's several days of, there's like five days of enemas that you take. This is all part of this cleanse. All the while, meditation and yoga being done as you are expelling things from out kind of both sides. Aaron, is this something you are interested in pursuing now that you know what the puncha train, that sounds like a Louisiana type thing, the puncha, it's an Indian cleanse. Aaron, would you like to, to think about this, perhaps uh, uh, taking a look at this cleanse? Not even for a half second. I, like, I'm a big believer in, in meditation, and I know people that, that yoga has helped tremendously, but anytime anyone says anything about a cleanse, run, because yeah. that's what you have a liver and kidneys for. That's what they do in the body. There's no such thing as a cleanse. I don't know. I don't know. It's Aaron Rodgers' cleanse. I th- I could see I could see it becoming a thing at Eminem Broadcasting. <laughs> I think Tom's thinking about this cleanse. G H E E is that ghee? Is that how you say that? Ghee. You take that until stuff starts happening on both ends. Very strange. Okay, sadly, I don't think we have time really. Do we, Aaron, for the other part of this? No, not we today. We need to save that. Okay, it is time though for the dismount, and we'll get you ready. For some of the games out there you should be watching tonight, it includes some Big 12 matchups, and we'll give you kind of the latest uh, breaking news. Another apology. Phil Mickelson has apologized for his involvement with the Saudis. We explain next. Tom Ward and Garrett, weekdays 7 and 9 on ESPN Central Texas. America's at a crossroad, and Texans have answers. The Democratic Party defames law enforcement and defunds police, and that's created a nationwide crime crisis. Right now is the time to stand against the Biden-Pelosi tyrannical agenda. They're crushing the rule of law and the Second Amendment. Hello, I'm Congressman Pete Sessions representing the 17th Congressional District of Texas. I will be on your ballot this March 1st as your conservative Republican congressman. I'm a lifetime member of the National Rifle Association and won their endorsement, along with the Texas State Rifle Association. With your help, the Republican Party will regain the majority in Congress and reclaim the rule of law. I'm Pete Sessions, and I approve this message. Political advertisement paid for by Pete Sessions for Congress. Northern Tool and Equipment is the store for over 100,000 tools. Here you'll find the right tool for any job with brands like Milwaukee, Steel, Honda, Lincoln, and more. The Northern Tool and Equipment lawn and garden sale is going on now. Stop in and save on sprayers, spreaders, aerators, wagons, garden equipment, and more. Shop in-store, online, or get it curbside. Northern Tool and Equipment, quality tools for serious work. 
Hello, I am Dennis Wilson, and I want your vote for March 1st for the Texas State Representative District 13. After serving the people of Texas for 46 years in county government, it is time for me to serve you at the state level. As a Republican candidate, I will work full time to protect and preserve our rural Christian way of life in Texas by supporting our public schools, advocating for mental health services, protecting our Second Amendment rights and the unborn, eliminating drug and human trafficking, and securing our borders. Together, we can make Texans safe and secure again. Political ads paid for by the Dennis Wilson campaign. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up on ESPN Central Texas. Each new year brings a renewed sense of resolve to live life better, which means it's a great time to talk about the state of your personal wealth. I'm Joe Kaleo. If you'd like to start the year with a more robust wealth strategy, we'll help you find new opportunities to meet your goals. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. It's time now for the Dismount on the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. All right, I'm taking a look at our Waco weather, and uh, you'll, you'll want to kind of watch the weather forecast um, for tomorrow and tomorrow night. Wednesday night right now, according to my sources at weather.com, we're looking at cloudy with light freezing rain expected. Uh, Thunder possible, low of 29, winds at 10 to 15 miles per hour, and a chance of precip tomorrow night for 60% 60 chance of precip. Now, let's take a peek at Thursday. Thursday, periods of rain tapering to showers, areas of freezing rain early Thursday. High of 38. Uh, Thursday night looks like low of 28. All right, I'm just thinking about for everybody making the trip up from Austin or Houston or coming in from Dallas for the for the Kansas game, thinking about all our surrounding areas. I'm just taking a look at it, hoping looks by Friday, things kind of clearing off. High of 43, low of 34. And then Saturday for game day, Waco's uh, shaping up to be a high of 47, low of 34. All right, so it, look, it looks like we're okay. We're not going to, I mean, it shouldn't affect the attendance of the game and all that kind of stuff. But uh, weather up toward the Dallas Fort Worth area tomorrow looks a lot shakier. So trying to kind of monitor. All of that, and for all our friends up there in the Metroplex and everybody who might be thinking about coming to visit us, Aaron, a lot of people like to stream us throughout the day. Uh, If you ever want to uh, listen to us on the app, the sports uh, app that we have for ESPN Central Texas, just go to wherever you get your apps on the Android or iPhone and put in Syntex Sports Fan, those three words, Syntex Sports Fan, and you'll have an opportunity to download that app. I know other people are out there still look at other things, Radio Box and other places, but the easiest way is to use that app if you need to stream us. Or, of course, if you're in the Waco area, the greater Waco area, 1660 is uh, is just fine for you, and we appreciate uh, everybody who does that. All right, um, got Baylor baseball coming up tonight. Houston Baptist is in town. And, of course, the women play at Oklahoma State tomorrow. We will be back with you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Listen to John Morris live from the Baylor Club. Oh, we love that Baylor Club, those panoramic views. And, again, 
Thank you to everybody. UBO. I've got more to say about UBO Business Services tomorrow. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. This is the Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference basketball. Now, here's the voice of the Bears. Everybody, it's time for a check of Big 12 basketball on today's Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround. Coming up, two games complete last night of the Big 12, including Baylor's overtime win in Stillwater.